time at game. My LARP gaming group went to a giant event game all the way down in Florida. It was a fun event and lots happened, but then we had to go home to our real lives. We went home, but our characters hadn't finished everything they needed to do. So when we got home, we did what we were supposed to do. We sent in a downtime action. We let the STs know exactly what we were trying to accomplish and how. There were three of us, so we were able to coordinate and cover quite a lot of the possibilities. Honestly, I don't even remember what our characters were doing, just that it was important and was going to affect other characters in the universe. The email was sent, and then we waited, continuing on with our real lives. A few days later, it happened. We got the response. It wasn't a normal downtime response, though. The storytellers that sent our response did something special. Instead of just writing an email telling us what our characters found and what they accomplished, he wrote everything out as a story. It was a fan fiction about all of our characters and what we did. It was one of the coolest downtime responses I've ever gotten. Okay, now roll for initiative. Welcome to On a Roll, the podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you. We just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you realize that we are better gamers than you. Because <laughs> the no. only way to win a role-playing game is to be better than everyone else. <laughs> no! <laughs> is to get more XP. No! Yelling. Maybe we can help people. <laughs> I like helping people. You may not realize this, but Ryan got <coughs> really drunk last night. Have fun! And last night was three hours ago. Oh my gosh. And the only way to win is to have fun. Have fun! Oh you guys are supposed to say that with me. Well, yeah, yeah because you just kind of randomly were... And maybe we can help you real... <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we can help you have more fun at your game, because the only way to win at a role-playing game is, is to, to have, have fun. fun. I'm Ryan. I'm... <laughs> I'm the curmudgeon, and uh, joining me, as always, is the legend, Carrie. Oh, hi. And, of course, Jason. The favorite, but also the one with the longest lawn. I just haven't mowed in a while. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> all I've got. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, you can find us at honorrollpodcast.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere else that you can find your, I- your iTunes. Yes. You can find your iTunes at iTunes. And don't forget Excellent. to rate us on iTunes, five or even six stars. That's right. We're also on Twitter at Honor Roll Podcast. You can go to Facebook and find us at Facebook.com slash groups slash Honor Roll Podcast. Wow. Yeah. You got it. That's because I changed it in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> you can send us an email at hosts at honorrollpodcast.com or you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Honor Roll Podcast. So when last we left our intrepid adventurers, they were sitting around this table recording a podcast. We seem to do that a lot. What's happened? It feels like we do it every day. Since last we gathered. Jason, what you been up to, girl? Uh, well, you know, I talked about some of the last podcast, but I'm reading Dungeon World. and planning to run that for my family. Yeah? Looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a cool game. Uh, it's, you know, we've talked about how that some systems are really tight and some of them have a lot of slack and they're kind of loose. And Dungeon World is one of the ones that's kind of loose. You're not even allowed to plan your. Uh, you're allowed to plan your first adventure, but you're not allowed to plan your campaign. Not until <laughs> you've right. had your first adventure. Wow, I've uh, played. I've played under a lot of storytellers and DMs that felt that that was the case. Well, but the very, very <laughs> to first their detriment <laughs> of D&D that I ran, the only thing that I had prepared was, you know, the setting was these adventures had just retired, and now my players are new adventurers who have to live in the world. Of these retired players. Okay. Of these retired characters. Uh, and that's all I had. That only ran for about two years. So, that's okay. You're such a failure. Well, it, it was a failure because it was not great, <laughs> but I was the only game in town. And did you learn from it? Oh, I learned a lot from it. Then? Yeah, mostly that you can always flip through the monster manual, pick a monster, and there's your adventure. There you go. <laughs> right. What about you, uh, Carrie? What have you been up to? Oh, I've been up to a lot. How's your secret project coming? Your uh, less secret project it, now. Yeah, it's less secret. Um, you the, have a secret project, Jason. Uh, yes. I can't talk about it yet. It's it, secret. It's, it's very secret. How's your secret project? My, mine is less secret. So I, I don't have that. a secret project. No, you That's just, true. Yours you need is, to work on your project. And I am run working another on game my for project. Us. 
Look, I have new. I have the new character sheets. Apparently, we're I, doing I'm what Ryan's leave. been doing. Oh, like, we'll okay. do Ryan first. What have you been doing? Uh, I've been working hard on the gun belt. Uh, you know, we were talking uh, a couple of weeks ago about how we figured out the whole baggage system and it's ready to go. And mm-hmm. we've we're finishing up the the trial text for it so that we can share it with folks and try and get a little play tested. I, I want to say something. This is, I, I believe, the first game I played with an even number of attributes. Really. Yeah, almost everything always has three or five or, or five seven. or nine. And we went with eleven. Four. We went with four. Or at yeah. the very least there are multiple of three. We were originally six. Yeah. And and it was divided that way though, like sort of uh physical uh, social mental. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. It's you know what? Every time I think about making a game, I'm like, well, I'm gonna have a stat for the physical things, but then I'm also gonna have a stat for dealing with other people. I should call that social. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, ah, crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So, Carrie, what were you doing? Oh, well, I've, I've, like I said, I've been doing lots. Um, I'm working on my super secret summer project, which is the coloring book. Um, it looks cool. I saw some I'm, inks today. I am down to only needing five pages left to ink. And right. then I'll have Out to of 100? Do... No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 23. 23. So two for my, you got to do 24. No, you put a no. blank page at the end that says draw your own. Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> it's, just so, a, it's just a book of, of blank pages in the covers, just, right? Yeah, there that's you go. It. All right. Um, I got a idea. chance to... Uh, Buy those now at our store. Go ahead. I, I just a, wanted to talk I'm, over Carrie <laughs> one more time. You know, <laughs> and then you guys complain when I don't talk enough during an episode. That's just because... It makes us look bad to the female listeners. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to we see did, if I, I could do no, it No. Getting old. Uh. We all played in Kevin and Jason's... Uh, werewolf game. Werewolf game on Friday. Um, and Travis was a first-time assistant storyteller, so I'd like to give yeah. him a shout-out for good doing job, a good Travis. job. And then uh, on my, my mushes have been kind of wacky this week for yeah. role play. Uh, we have a, a character that had been out of commission for a long time come back, so we're glad that Ashton's back into into oh, the icy cool. world, so that's good in Coral Springs. We had a huge player meeting oh. in the Lost and Found game uh, to discuss what to do, because the game's kind of been floundering a little bit. I think you should just let everybody play as many characters as, as they want. Yeah, no, not as many, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but we, we had a really productive meeting. That and game, was there, at the meeting, was there a punch bowl? No. We'll talk about that. Stop it. <laughs> Later. Oh, my God. You know, we need to do an episode on um, things that pissed, going. Things that yeah. pissed us off in games <laughs> that we always bring up in the oh, podcast. Oh, yeah. goodness. Uh, no, so, like, that was really nice that, like, the players... Like, I was just like, you know, if you guys want to just end this, we can end it. No, you know, no hard feelings. Right. I'll keep running, but, you know, you guys need to be more active. Yeah, I feel and, the same way about the podcast. Yeah. I'd just like to end it. I want to remind you, it was, it was in fact, about one-third your idea. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, okay, what if we decided a- we wanted to end it, but... Like, we thought about starting our own podcast. Here's the thing is, we We do need you to edit it, though. We have no listeners in Idaho, and I'm not going to stop doing this podcast, at least until I have a listener in Idaho. Okay, so more about your uh, mush. (laughs) No, just that, that my players are pretty awesome, and we're going to... They decide to keep going? Yeah, and we're we're turning it around, so that'll be cool. You know, that's why sometimes I think that uh, having a preset date to end, because then it's a lot easier to ask the question, do we want to do this again? Then, right. do you want to stop? Well, I, I think, uh, I mean, mushes, they, they kind of, they come and go. Sure. Like that's, that's the nature of mush is, you know, if you get a couple years out of a game, it's... That's good. It's good. Um, and But all of my players on Lost and Found are really, they're a tight community. Right. And and so that's really cool, and I'm, I'm really happy for that. And if they want to keep going, we'll keep going. Sounds great. You know, so... You, you know, I... I played in one mush, really, mm-hmm. and it was a Transformers mush, and it would have been around 94, approximately. Okay. okay. And about uh, six months ago, no, before we started the podcast, so it was almost like two years ago, I guess, now that I think about it. Because we've been doing this podcast for over two years. Yes. Well, about six months. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh. But then that makes me think about the transition of time, uh, how long it's actually been. Anyway, so I looked, <laughs> I thought, what would be cool if I logged in to that old mush? Right. Just and it was there. Yeah? Nobody was on it. <laughs> 
Wow. But they'd left up uh, wh- they, whatever server it's on. It just never got up. taken down. All right, then. That does Weird. happen quite a yeah. bit. But so yeah, so I've been super busy this week with gaming stuff. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, before we get into combat rounds, let's go ahead and take a second to get a quick report on our Patreon backers. Yes, we have them. Who's <laughs> the first of our Patreon? Okay, we, we, have, we have we have no new patrons, so I'm sad. Oh, wait. Uh, nobody's new. Nobody's new. Nobody's new, but we do have several patrons that are at our wizard level. Yeah. What's the wizard level get you, Carrie? Um, they get you mentioned on this podcast. Oh. Every week. Every time. Oh. Every single time. Wow. I want to mention Cameron Pruitt. You do? You because he's a wizard level. He's he a wizard. is. You know, he would make a great wizard. He put the whiz in wizard. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I miss Cameron. He should move back to this area. Okay, then. We'll tell him that. Yeah. Well, okay. hopefully he's listening. He just will get that and move back. I want to mention uh, Lost Colonies. They have been a backer since really early on. Yes. And it looks like a great game. I'd love to travel to Washington and play. So one day we will. One day? Maybe? That sounds um, great. I'm not going until I have a listener in Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll mention Ryan Martin. He puts the... Ryan in the podcast? That's right. He's the guy who... we don't have enough. Yeah. I remember when I met him, he was making... He was Doing engineering checks on the floor mats in new Toyotas. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, then there we go. I hope it's Toyota. It'd be embarrassing if it was some other company. <laughs> <They> <laughs> random. <laughs> uh, and, of course, Drew Stevens, who is a great storyteller and yes. should come up and play in our game more. Yes, Drew. So we could see him. Well, if you'd like a shout-out on our podcast, we'd love to give you one. You can get one by helping us keep this show on the air by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash podcast. And I hope that that's it because this has went on so long that that one guy is probably going to gripe about it. Yeah, well, we need know. to write that guy's name. Is he name in Idaho? Down. I don't know. No. We if can't figure in, out what his name is, so we can reference in, him. If he was in Idaho, I'd go in and post and take fifteen minutes out of this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to combat rounds. Today's topic is stuff that happens in between games. And we're not talking about your weird relationships. I mean, maybe was, maybe yeah, you're not. That wasn't, uh, that wasn't funny. Okay. Why would you even say that? I don't know. <laughs> you put it in the notes. I don't know why you I put me not. down to write it. Oh, no. Somebody did draw a penis, though, in the notes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you right. are the artist. Yeah, yeah. so uh, so we're going to be talking a little bit about what... We do in between games, not we as in the three of us personally. I mean, we could talk about that. We already did for like 15 minutes. They got us a bunch of complaints and no new listeners. Already? Already? (laughs) Nobody in Idaho? So Uh, uh, when we talk about what we're going to talk about today is uh, downtimes, plus requests if it's a mush, or in tabletop it could just be, you know, talking to the storyteller about some things or sending, you know, your buddy an email about what your character's doing or things like that. But I also want to talk about, like, the prep that we do and out-of-game things that you deal with, like player feedback and planning for the next game. Right. And new listeners in Idaho. And that's what... You're going to ride that into the ground. Until we get one. (laughs) Ride that into Boise. Uh, okay, you know, I think I know a person in Idaho. We should just interview them, and then we're guaranteed at least oh, one listener. Oh, there we go. He's, your friend in Idaho is dead to me until he listens. Uh, <laughs> uh, what if I tell him he has more followers than us? Then we'll start working on <laughs> Montana next time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because you brought it up so many times. When we went to uh, New York last week on vacation... Which wasn't brought up at all when we were like, hey, what's what was new with you last eh, week? Because it was not gaming related. Yeah, But I did go, and it was a lot of fun. But the funny part was, is that my son asked, well, we're, we're going by the potato place, right? Even though we weren't going by Ohio. <laughs> but you did see it on a roadside somewhere. <laughs> Ah, that there was, you know, like one of these roads you could go left to go to Ohio. He's like, oh, well, that's where the potatoes are. I'm like, wrong on two counts. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Ohio is the state that's so friendly that they even put high in the middle of the name. Uh, I thought it was that place you went to where you're going somewhere more interesting. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like a downtime. 
It's like a downtime. It's something you do uh, in between the interesting parts. Yeah. Did you see what just happened there? Carrie was like, Segway. That's what, that is her uh, official title is Queen of Segways. That's because I have one. You I, have I a crash it quite often. Oh. Now we have to get one and do a video of me with the on one. That's true. Okay. She's every, a, so if anyone has a segue, every second this piece of the conversation goes on longer is another second I have to spend fixing it in post. <laughs> I know, right? That's my favorite part. <laughs> All right. Well, let's first. So downtimes for continuing games. Yeah, let's start with uh, like as a player. You know, what are the types of downtime things and stuff that 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 you could do? Why would you do a downtime in a game? Uh, for me, well, it, what's a downtime? A downtime. It's an action. It's usually an action that my character takes between games that doesn't happen live. Quite literally, a thing that happens in the downtime. In the downtime of the between games. games. Yeah. yeah. And you even have that on, on things like Mush, right? That runs twenty four seven. Uh, it, it's not quite as downtimey as it would be for a tabletop or a LARP. Or, or a LARP but it's you not as formal. Yeah, it's not as formal. You send in what's called a plus request, which is just basically a mail. To the staff, and um, and you're like, you know, hey, I'd like this scene ran for me, or I'm looking into finding out where Ashton's been this whole time. Sure, and, and I think that's uh, it, it's like it's similar because yeah. uh, the thing we play the most is probably uh, weekly or monthly parlor LARPs, in which mm-hmm. the downtime process has become a very important part of it. Like, yes, yeah. the truth is, a downtime action in a tabletop game could be sending your storyteller or DM an email and just being like, Hey, before next game, my character is going to like go to the shop that we passed in game last week. And I'm just going to pick up, you know, this sword because my last sword was broken. And your storyteller might just be like, yeah, that's fine. Or he might go, we need to run that. And maybe you'll meet for coffee and run, actually run a scene, you know, between games. Right. Mm hmm. Uh, so usually what I like to use them for, uh, as a player and a storyteller is anything that I don't want to necessarily run. Right? It's but, for, like, the boring stuff. Yeah, like research. Research. Which, uh, who wants which to, is fun to have done. Right, but no one wants to role-play sitting in a library with a bunch of books around them. Now you say that, and I want to do it. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, you are such a nerd. <laughs> you walk into a library, Jason. What's your character do? Uh, you need to describe more of the scene. We covered that last there week. There are books. <laughs> okay, I read a book. I. Which book do you read? You've got to give me a list. How do you find that Speaking list? Speaking of things that have to be fixed in post. When you when you go to speak about the thing that needs to be fixed in post, the librarian says, Shh. Is she a ghost? Is she a fool? How are you testing that? Ah, a distance worm. <laughs> so, you know what? I This as, is the worst episode we've ever read. It is. It is. It's We're kind of rambling. Peanut gallery. Really bad. So, like, the other thing that, as a storyteller, I want to use it for, though, is when the person does something, they research something or what have you, I want to give them information that moves a plot forward or gives them new avenues to explore in the game. So it could just be an opportunity for a storyteller to tell you something secretly. That way you can bring it up later in the middle of a game. Yes. Oh, that's fun. To move plot. To move plot or yeah. to create new plot. Mm-hmm. So so downtimes are like a place that we drop the stuff that's not interesting or we drop the stuff that's super interesting and needs to come up. <laughs> you know what? It's like a footnote. Like when you're reading a book and yeah. you don't want to interrupt the flow of the story, but you do need to get some information across. Right, right. And, and also some, fan some, fiction time. <laughs> Sometimes That was awesome. I don't know what – I don't care what anyone <laughs> says. That was a Travis Gibb. Travis did Gitt. that did that for oh, us. Okay. It was super awesome. Sometimes uh, downtimes are just that that spot where you just need to to do the upkeep for your character. Yeah, too. yeah. you know, I mean, like I'm a shopkeeper, but I've been gone on this adventure with all of my adventuring friends for the you know the last six months, and we've returned to town. And so you just let your storyteller know as you guys are leaving for the night. You're like you're like, hey DM, just so you know, since we're back in Waterdeep, you know, my character goes to the shop and checks on it and makes sure his shopkeepers are doing their job. Right. Okay. And, and, and your DM goes, great. Your Done. shop, you didn't lose your shop. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Things have continued. Or, right. or it could even be as simple as you're using, you know, downtime is to show the passage of time. Right. You know, that oh, way, like we talk about if a character healing. breaks their leg. Yeah, if they or, break their leg and there isn't a healing potion or whatever. Or if they're building a building. Yeah, building Things a building. Yeah, time. absolutely. You know, it's just the passage of time. Okay, I have a question on that. Do you like narrative downtimes? You know, like where you say, hey, I'm going to the store. Or do you like downtimes that are mechanical in which you say, I'm spending X to do Z. 
Are you asking me as I'm a storyteller or both, a player? Both, in both, both. I'm asking both of y'all. As a player, I prefer my downtimes to be something right up the middle. I like to have I like to have a little bit of a mechanical boundary sure. so that I know what is plausible and what is possible, but I don't like to be like railroaded into for example in the the by night studios system downtimes are regulated pretty strictly with fairly like, yes the number that you get and things like that but sometimes my character just wants to you know go on a date i don't want to waste a whole mechanical downtime on going on a date but you want to let the st- staff let you know. know that you're doing that right and yeah. so it's hard to do when it's so mechanized okay um, you know, if you're not careful you end up sending in a 10 page which we've downtime, seen. you know, talking about the date for five pages. Right. You know? And I also think a little bit of mechanical rigidity is important just because um, the other thing is you end up with, you can end up with players who will send like 90 downtime actions, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, or does your character have time to do all or of Or they'll things? run an entire scene in their own head and then tell you about it. You right. Know, like, well, what you about know, as a storyteller? Like, what do you like? As a storyteller, I think that uh, I actually prefer, again, something right up the middle. I like a little bit of rigidity to, um, me- you know, me- mechanize some limits, um, but I also don't like to box my players in with you, you want You want your players to be creative. Right. You, know, you want them to be like, I wrote a fanfic. Sure. <laughs> you know, that's great. But you also don't want them to be like going off the rails The completely. fanfic was a novel. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, no, I just want a page of fanfic. Like, we, that's you know, the there's a little bit of a movement now to make it, like, in the past, we put those two things together. I went on a date, and I went hunting. And maybe we should separate them and right. say that there's uh, things that you blue book, you know, like write in your diary. Hey, I went on this date. Mm-hmm. And then there's separate things that they're my mechanical downtime actions. I only get three of those or whatever. Right. And they're important, and right. I have to do X, Y, and Z during them. And what, I, do you, what do you prefer as a player? Uh, that thing I just said, where I would just like... A little bit of both. For, for my actual downtime actions, it's a mechanical thing that I plug in for the most part. But like, if I go on a date, that's not a downtime action. That's the thing I'm doing. Right. It's the difference between what my job is during the week and me going home and watching a movie. Right. Like, like I don't, you want to tell us about both. Hey, I saw Ant-Man. Yeah, by the way, I... Yes. But I was also at work all week. And, right. But know, the work ones matter for mechanics, and the other ones are just... Uh, this well, is the kind of things I do. Well, maybe with whatever we end up doing after the Chronicle we're running now is well, over, think about that. maybe we can do something for downtime that's more balanced like yeah. that. Or we'll see what Matthew Sin does if he runs <gasps> oh, his space game. Oh, he's I can't wait. Running. Yeah, Space LARP sounds so fun. Yeah? I'm excited. Ryan's only excited if he gets to play a Jedi. Well, he's also only excited if he can like whisper it creepy at him. He kept doing that to Matt on Friday night. <gasps> Matt said that... Hey, uh, you and Ryan both were talking about how you were supporting him. Like, I did not hear Ryan say a word. No, is that why? Because you were creepily whispering about it. I kept it? walking by him, going space lord. <laughs> <laughs> it was very. I'm funny. looking forward to it, not only because I'm looking forward to playing something that's not World of Darkness for a change. Yes, but also something that's not as mechanically rigid. My understanding is that people who like space larp live in Idaho, and that <laughs> if we talk about space larp more, maybe we'll get people in Idaho to listen to our. Oh podcast. man! Speaking of things that have to be taken out in post, right? So downtime actions can be used to handle the the long, boring, or time-consuming things, or it can also be used to handle like sort of the mundane things that right. you don't want to do. Uh, in in game, it can also be used to provide plot hooks, uh, represents the passage of time, and of course, then the other thing is it can f- help fill out the setting. So, what do you mean? Like, uh, say I explore an area, and then you can tell me about it, or right? I, you know, I mean, sometimes I think even that that falls a little bit into the research part, right? You know, when you're re- if your downtime is about is about researching something. You know, it gives the storyteller an opportunity to maybe make up something that they didn't didn't anticipate. Yeah, like you if know, your character's like, I need to find out where all the coffee shops are. Right. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Why? Yeah. You know, what just happened here? Like sometimes it sounds silly, but sometimes downtimes actually end up being your players following rabbit trails. And that can really flesh out your, your setting, though, because they might be going someplace really fun with it. Right. Oh, and, yeah. And, and you won't know that until you follow where it goes. Right. Exactly. Um, the other thing, too, is uh, downtimes are really good for requesting scenes. 
Yeah. As a storyteller, if I'm not prepared to run this co- this specific coffee shop and the player just kind of comes out of the blue and asks me to run it, I'll be like, well, wait, why? Well, I was going to meet so-and-so. Well, you didn't tell me that. I'm not prepared. That's because I, you don't drink coffee. <laughs> oh, for a LARP anyway, if I was going to run a specific coffee shop scene, I might bring co- mugs of coffee. That's true. You know, right. like, it, it, it allows your... Store, or as a player, I might do that. Mm-hmm. And so it allows both parties to be prepared and ready for whatever scene is going to be ran. And even in a tabletop game, it could be as simple as whatever the thing they're requesting, like the, the coffee shop, maybe mm-hmm. I need to refresh my memory on the rules for making coffee or whatever the right, system yeah, is yeah. I'm going to use. Right, because I've never made coffee. I yeah, actually I, have I, never made coffee. Have so you I'm, never made coffee? I don't drink it really. Oh, man. And that can fall into the same thing with, with like personal scenes. You know, personal scenes could also fall into that kind of mundane sort of area too. Like, you know, I, I take my wife out on a date. Well, you're not going to sit and role play that in front of the rest of the gaming group. The whole <laughs> I mean, maybe you will, right? but whatever you're into. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. It, it could be a scene that you want to run, but not necessarily everybody is going to be involved in it. Right. Or so, not even ran. Just know that it happened. Yeah, that's true. So why do you think downtimes are so important? Or do you think they're important? I think there's two sides to this. I We have used downtimes in the past to create the game. You know what I mean? Basically, people would not have anything to do with the game that they came to if they didn't know all this stuff that was happening in the background. And the easiest way they found that out was through downtime actions. You know what the players are interested in. You know what they're going to do. And you have some idea of what where the plot is. The response to downtime actions is often a great place to drop Rumors and mm-hmm. and plot it's absolutely yeah. a great place. I, I would like to point out that downtime actions and forms and you know filling out a downtime is very different than downtime scenes. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, because like personally, I love downtime actions. You know, like sure. fill those out. Let me know what's going on. Let me as a player tell you what I'm doing. But as soon as you start having downtime scenes, especially when it's player and player, and there's no staff that's involved well it's just our characters having coffee you're always concerned it's going to go off the rails well because like the staff doesn't know what's happening and then you know if you make plans while you're drinking coffee to go murder xyz you need to be we need to be in everyone the loop. needs to be in the loop you know right so um i think that i'm i'm a little less excited about downtime scenes happening between games than I am downtime actions. There's another side of that, too. When I was organizational storyteller and and UT, Mm -hmm. one of the problems I ran into was, you know, people wanted to feel like they were connected to this larger game, and that's great. And running scenes for them between their normal games is a way to make them feel connected to the larger world and allow them to accomplish actions that they can't at their local game. However, it's incredibly stressful because it's a ton of work. Yes. And usually it meant that because I have a, a regular job that I would wind up uh, losing sleep and putting a lot of extra time and work into it. And it's one of the things that burned me out was running so many of them. Right. And and yet it was not enough. There needed to be more to accomplish the goal in the way that we were attempting to. So I, I think I love downtimes because we've been able to put a lot of information out there and understand what the players are doing. But I hate downtimes because they're extra work. And, <laughs> and and storytelling is a lot of work. Yes, it is. And anything that adds work to that makes it harder and burns people out faster. And and I understand that. Right. It makes me sad, but I do understand that. Sure. Um, I think it just depends also on the type of game you're playing. You know, if, right? if the game that's being run doesn't need that, then you don't need it. Well, you know, and there's games like Dystopia Rising that don't use downtimes at all. Mm-hmm. Very large uh, Bafalarp organization. But it, everybody who has a crafting skill in their game or any kind of thing we would consider a downtime skill, they have to do it at game. So if you want to make a bunch of widgets, you'll spend the whole weekend doing nothing but making widgets. Hmm. And at some point I ask, how fun is that? Yeah. Some people clearly enjoy it, and that's great. But you know, I'd like to get out and be involved in the plot too. Well, let's talk then for a second about the storytelling side of, you know, of downtime actions, right? So as a story, so as a player, you use downtime actions to to further these sort of things that your character's doing. But what do you use them for as a storyteller? Oh, to communicate with my players 
uh, in a fashion that's uh, to give them in-game information and setting details and and stuff that doesn't easily and obviously come out in play. And also to give them a personal interaction with you. Absolutely. You know, like, make the world feel big. But make and make full. sure that they feel important in that big world. Yes, absolutely. I like that. So you you use it to make your players feel important and then also to help prepare your your plot and story and things mm-hmm. for the next session. Yes. Well, I think that's something that beyond just downtimes between games, staff needs to be prepping for the next game. Right. I mean, we were talking about right before we started the podcast, oh, by the way, we also need to get ready for our next game. Yeah. And if you're not on a staff, if you're just the, the sole DM and it's a tabletop game, it can give you, you know... Getting feedback from your players with the with the downtimes can can tell you like what NPCs you need to have prepared, and also whatever story you're going to run the next week, you should be prepping those things even without player input. Input, for and example, if you're going to fight a dragon, you need to look at the dragon rules, right? And how much Mountain Dew you need to, and, uh, yeah, and that's something you know. Carrie was talking about we, when we do a prop episode. You got to remember. The prop of Mountain Dew and or, chips. Or whatever it is. Like, I think, Hot chocolate. Yeah, snacks, whatever that is. I think uh, tabletop is more than just books and your character sheet. Well, you could say, you know, we've talked about how game is a community. And mm-hmm. the in-game aspect of that is running a good game and making sure the characters feel like that they fit within it and that they enjoy themselves. Yeah. But the out-of-game aspect of it is making sure that, you know, that the needs are taken care of, that yes. there's something to eat and drink, that there's reasonable access to facilities, that uh, if somebody needs a fridge to store their medicine in, that, that you let them know if it's available or not. Right. Absolutely. And you can use your time between games to prep that stuff. Yeah. I think it's also a good opportunity to to know if you should make a prop. Oh, I love making or props. Or as a player, mm-hmm. if you want to make props. Make a prop. Yeah, um, I, I did uh, a, f- a few months ago. Uh, my, one of my werewolf characters in the LARP v- was doing some things with this uh, church that had burned down, and the church that burned that down. you burned down. I, and I don't know who burned. There's down. no evidence of that. There's no. I no one can prove. <laughs> <laughs> but this church, this church burned down, uh, and and it was important to one of the other PCs in the game, one of the other player characters, it was Jessica, right? Yeah, yeah, and and. You know, her, the the church was important to her character because it was built by her parents, her character's parents. And so there was like this dedication plaque on the side of the building. Right? Ah. And so in my downtime, I, I sent my downtime in and said, hey, my character is going to go to the rubble of this church and find this plaque and dig it out of the rubble. You made the plaque? And so I made the plaque. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't even know about that. You didn't it was, see it? It was while I was working the outage, so I must have missed all that. Oh, yeah. That's, that's pretty so cool. great. But... What he did though was we went to Michael's and we got a pl- you know like a, a wood yeah a little, a little, a little thing. section of of wood that looked like old uh like old whitewashed it was crafty wood like you know. barn wood kind of stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. looked like that what might have been the outside of a church that was sure. sixty or seventy years old but but what he's not mentioning is because the the church burned down y'all he, burned it a little bit he he poured gasoline let's <laughs> <laughs> just like do that outside please. Yeah, and I I burned all the edges until yep. they were were nice and toasty, and then uh, and then made a like used foam board yeah. to make the actual plaque part itself. And, but that and was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very cool. Uh, I actually think she told me, I, and I could be mistaken, but I think that she told me that she actually hung it up in her gaming room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, she did say that. So, but anyway, those things are really huge, and and as a as a player. I sent my downtime in saying I was going to do something, and it it gave me the forethought to then to make do a prop it. for it. Right now, as a, had the situation been reversed, if if it had been a player that maybe didn't have the resources to make the prop, or something maybe like you that, would make the prop. as the storyteller, I might have made that prop, mm-hmm. right? You know, and 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 the other the other thing is, you know, I realize it's a we're talking about a LARP example, and in a LARP, props are a bigger. Th- a bigger thing, but even in tabletop, but in a tabletop storyteller works. handing you a thing, oh, handing is, you the map, here is handing the letter, the, map. Here the, is letter. Is the letter that mm-hmm. you found, 
right? Those things are are huge. You know, I think that we all oftentimes dismiss the importance of props in a tabletop game because, you know, it, the prop that I'm using this week is this bag of Cool Ranch Doritos <laughs> yeah. as, I, as I eat them. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, it, but but the truth is storytellers can do little things and we'll do a whole episode on props at some point. But yeah, you yeah. can, you know, if, if you're like, hey, just so you know, next week before we get together to play D&D again, my character is going to send a letter to the king and just let him know what we did. Well, I'm going to show up as the as the DM. I'm going to show up next week, and I'm going to have a piece of parchment with a, a, wax, with a seal. wax seal on right. it that I'm going to hand him and be like, this is the letter the king sent you in response. And I can guarantee That's awesome. your players will flip out. That's yeah. right. They will tell all their friends who live in Idaho, you need to listen to this podcast. So what you're saying is the storytellers, uh, DMs, uh, wizards should use their time in between games to prep for the next game. Absolutely, and get everything together that they may need, and don't think of prep for the next game in in very in the strict sense of it being look up the rules for something or the strict sense of have a specific uh, encounter prepared. You know, think a little outside the box. Remember, it could also be a simple little prop or right? you know something like that. Always be or looking for that I, moment that you can also, create. I don't know why, but sometimes, like, if, if especially, like, with tabletop or whatever, if you have a character that talks in rhyme or a poem or something, like, that you're like, here's the clues to the next, you know, blah, 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 but they rhyme. Like, players will, like, grab a notebook and try to write it out as you're saying it, even though you could hand them the sure. paper you're reading off of. Like, because they get excited that you put the time in. To write your to, rhyme. To write the rhyme or yeah, do whatever. Cool. You know, like, if you write the rhyme, they'll write the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, a way to put this is prep is telling a story, too. Right. Mm-hmm. So the way that you prep, the way you prepare for the next story is important, and you should be thinking about it. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about kind of a different kind of downtime that sure. we've not discussed yet. Uh-oh. So, and it, it could be an uh-oh. Uh-oh. Could be. So, let's talk about uh, downtime as player feedback. You so, so this happens in, this happens in, in all avenues, right? You yeah. Can, in a tabletop game, you might send your, your DM an email and just say, hey, kind of felt like last week some things felt, didn't go the way we wanted to. Can we, can we talk about them? Uh, or it could also be if it was in uh, a mush could be a plus request or even an, an at mail, just a which is like an, an email in the game. Like you could send right. a mail to the staff and be like, hey, I'm a little concerned. This went this way and I'm not sure that I'm crazy about that. Or it could be in a LARP. It could be just as part of your downtime action, time action after you've said everything your character is going to do for the downtime. You might also include... You know, hey, it, your, it, your game sucks, Carrie. Yeah, tell us, well, tell yeah. us why. So, but it doesn't always have to be information about the staff, too. Like, it could be like, a, hey, I'm concerned about Bob the player. He was acting weird. Can you make sure, you know, like. Right. Check, could you check on him? Yeah, could you check on him? Or maybe sure? it would be like, and, and this one I specifically point to uh, to Kevin. Kevin, when you listen to this, just so you know, at Game Wrap, <laughs> at Game Wrap on Friday at your, your Werewolf LARP, uh, one of your players Carrie Varner sat in my lap <laughs> and I've just, and, and she, while she was sitting in my lap, she was kind of a little touchy, a little affectionate. And I kind of felt like maybe that wasn't, uh, appropriate. Oh, it's not going to be appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Ryan refuses to buy a comfortable couch to sleep on. <laughs> They're, it's, it's about boundaries. <laughs> One of the things that I have read about is in the New England LARPing scene. They do, I'm going to probably get this wrong, but it's player evaluation letters. Okay. And essentially it's, uh, they call them PELs. And you're asked to tell the storyteller how the game went, problems you had with it, essentially all the things we were talking about in a formalized manner. And on a lot of them, it has a question that says, would you recommend this game to someone else? And... There's a way of evaluating uh, interest based on how often someone will recommend something. So, like, you put on a 1 through 10, and if they say 8, 9, or 10, that's good. 1 and 2 and 3 are bad. Everything else is neutral. Right. And so the more 8, 9s, and 10s you get, the better you know your game actually is because 
I may like something okay and I may keep doing it, but if I won't recommend it to somebody else, it means I do kind of think it's bad. Right. And this is something that really applies to games with more players like a LARP or a Mush. Yeah. But you could do a, like surveymonkey.com. You yes. could create a short yeah. little survey to just survey your players and that can be anonymous and yes. it won't, you know, because it's a third party, like it literally won't tell you who it was that filled those out. Unless, unless question one is, what character do you play on this <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> But just don't do that if you want honest feedback. And I think honest feedback is very useful because you can't get better without feedback. That's right. And, you know, there's some debate whether you need anonymous feedback or if you need uh, named feedback so you can actually discuss it with the person. I, I think uh, both, both, have are their, both are like, helpful. Both are helpful. I like surveys that at the very end, there's a little box that you can check that says, that says, would you like a storyteller to reach out to you to discuss your concerns or opinions more? Right. If so, check this box and enter your email here. And we will. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and but, you, even if you completely disagree with the person, you have to address it in a very professional manner. Right. Because there could be a seed in that that you can use. You always, always let the complaint be completely stated. Absolutely. That is so important. Yeah. But, you know, in a a tabletop game, you're not dealing with 20 or 30 people. And so it's a much more intimate, but also much more important. You know what? And more than likely, the person's going to know that it was you, no matter how anonymous you try to make it. Because we all see the issues that we each have with a specific game. So when you get a report that says, you know... uh, that dragon had too many hit points, and there was the one player who kept complaining at game about how many hit points the dragon had. Well, guess what? Yeah. Your hit points. <laughs> you know who it was. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you a couple of sort of secrets that DMs out there, storytellers out there are probably going to fervently disagree with this. Oh. But I'm telling you this mm-hmm. is the, I'm telling you. This, this is, is like let's the, hear it. the gospel for somebody who wrote a book about this. Right. When your one of your players comes to you and they say, look, after you left last night, me and some of the other players got together and we talked for a minute and we all kind of feel that this went badly, right? I'm telling first to the players, don't do that because you are speaking for everyone in the group that's not just you. Right. right. Okay. So don't don't do that. And say the, I. And the I second thing is, it's way better if you say, "Look, I'll be the guy who will bring it to the storyteller, but I have to be able to say that it was the three of us that talked about it." Absolutely. Right? Okay. So if you want to make change, you have to be that steward. Yes. All right. Now to this, back to the storyteller or the DM. When your one of your players comes to you and actually does say that, though, well, you know, after the game, me and everybody else got together and we talked about this, and we all feel that. You did this thing poorly, all right? The The instinct is to then go to all of the other players and say, hey, Carrie, Jason came to me privately and said that, that he talked to you and you guys both agreed that I did this thing badly. Uh... Well, what's <laughs> Here's the thing is, is if that player had the courage to, uh, to come to you and tell you that they felt you were doing it b- badly, they would have. The truth is... Your players did all get together, and they did all feel that way. But they're just not all the kind of person who is comfortable enough with confrontation to tell you. And you have to believe that. You know, it's very difficult to confront your friends on something you feel like they did wrong. It's difficult to confront your friends at all. Right. And so, assuming that you're at a table with a person that you're friends, if you then go behind the person who had the courage to go to your face and tell you a problem then you're just creating more problems for the future. And the truth is he is risking friendship to tell you at all. And so the yeah. fact that you would Im- your immediate response is, well, you're a liar. I have to go check with my other friends to see to make sure that you were not and, saying that. But you know what? In- instinct isn't always that they're lying, but you just But that is the message you it's said. It's the message, but it's not the instinct. I just I just don't want people to think that storytellers are twirling their evil beard, you know, mustaches going, well, I'm going to show everyone that they're, it's because we get our feelings hurt. Right. What? We put our heart and souls in games. Absolutely. And then when a player comes up and says, Hey, the, the, all the players don't like what you did. It hurts. Right. But we need to not knee jerk and go, no, just you. Yeah. You know, like you the, need to, the, the, un, the unwanted disputed fact is just unfortunately that if somebody comes to you and says all the players are saying this, 
some of the players are. Yeah, enough are that some. it matters. Yeah. At least that person is. Mm-hmm. It, well, and but you know that person is. But the truth is, very rarely does somebody come to a storyteller with a complaint and say, everybody's saying this, just because they don't want to say, I am the only one who feels this way. Right. Because the fact is that coming to the storyteller and braving that confrontation uh, is worth, it's more valuable than that. You you don't go to a storyteller typically and complain when you're the only one that has the complaint. Yeah. And you know what? We've all met people who regularly complain a game. And guess what? They just regularly complain and you know who they are. But I think that even people like that, you need to go ahead and listen to. And well, yeah, absolutely. You always because listen. even if they complain about everything, this may be the time that, that, right. that it matters. Right. And or, you won't know that unless you sit through it. But you know what? Even if it doesn't matter, people deserve to be listened to. Well, Absolutely. It always matters because it yeah. matters to them. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's more, that's what I meant. Well, I think that both are true. You know, it being listened to, being heard, and recognizing the fact that everybody has these feelings. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, it's unfortunate, but when you are a storyteller, uh, a dungeon master, a wizard, or whatever, you have a position of leadership. And unfortunately, that means you need to set your personal feelings aside as much as possible right. when dealing with other people. I think the good rule is when somebody comes with the, to you with a complaint, respond to it exactly the same way you would respond to it if they were bringing to you a compliment. Yes, that's think, a great. Think that's about great. this. Yes. Think about this. Carrie, you ran that game last night. And I just want to tell you that last night after you left... All of us got together and we talked about it. And you know what? We all really felt like you nailed that scene. It was so awesome, right? You're not going to then go to Jason and go, Jason. Did you really say that? Did you really say that I ran that well? Did you say I ran a good game? No, I would never say that. Ryan said said that privately you said that I ran that well, right? We would never do that. We trust the guy or the girl to say what really happened. That sounds like advice from PR... uh, professional handbook or something maybe companies should be the same right i I think that i think the truth is that if people just acted like adults most of the problems this podcast wouldn't exist if gamers were adults Uh, if we (laughs) you want to put us do you hate this podcast start being a responsible gamer all the time and then we won't have to do it. but if you know an irresponsible gamer who lives in idaho (laughs) we're listening we're looking for a listener yeah so, but yeah, respond to every complaint as if it were as if it were a compliment, or at least think about it from that from that I aspect. I think think about it is better than response because response makes it sound like, man, your game sucked. Thanks, high five. Yeah. Maybe you should say, I appreciate you having the courage to come to me. Sure, just yes. like I would say if you said that I was great, it'd be like, I don't believe you, but Thanks. I appreciate you having the courage to say that thing that's obviously yeah. a lie. Just <laughs> uh, approach it from the same with the same sort of uh, attitude. I mm-hmm. guess. Yes, open. Willingness to believe. Right. The other thing to think about is that if somebody is giving you feedback, right, whether it's through SurveyMonkey and they say it's okay to reach out to them, or if it's through uh, a plus request or an at mail, or if they've just sent you an email, or if they've sent you an email or a downtime report or whatever, if someone has conveyed to you, the storyteller or the DM or whatever, that, that there was, you know, a concern or an issue, that is also a moment to recognize that you have someone that is, is trying to be honest with you. And so it's also a good opportunity to ask them more questions. Oh, right. This person's clearly invested. So it's time to find out what's going on. They're invested enough in the game to confront me. Mm -hmm. Right. So I should take this opportunity to then be like, well, what else, you know, what do you feel like? What what else do you feel like has went poorly? What else, what do you feel like is going right? Tell Mm -hmm. me what's good in the game. You know, what would you like to see more of? What would you like to see less of Carrie? Uh, I'd really like to see less, less of Carrie. Of Carrie. Oh. So yeah, use it. Use it. You know, okay, I, but I, w- I w- on the flip side of that, when a player is sending this information to a staff of whatever kind, um, be polite about it. Be professional. Don't be professional. Don't get like because I've been on the receiving end of players. Who sent me, uh, especially in mushes, because there's internet courage there. Absolutely. Um, that send me plus requests and and things that are and they just they're terrible. I've gotten so upset that I actually had to log off of game and step away because there's no filter. It's hard to listen to a person like that too. Once somebody yeah. starts 
being aggressive. Yeah, it's like I turn it's, off, I don't care. Right, because now I've formed an opinion about you mm-hmm. instead of your idea. Right. Here's the thing is there is a point at which, you know, it's Wheaton's Law a little bit, but at some, you know, yeah. don't don't be a dick. But at some point, uh, at some point, if you broach your complaint or your concern aggressively enough, you cross from being constructive to being the player that we're like, well, if you hate this so much, just leave. Yep. Absolutely. Vote, just vote with your feet and go somewhere else. There's got, cause surely if, if you are going to talk to me like that and treat me like that and be so, and, and are so horrifically unhappy with the game that I am running, then maybe you should take it upon yourself to find a game that you do like that you, that, that you is a better, in. a better fit for you. And you know what? I've seen people who had completely legitimate complaints, but they delivered in such a toxic Mm -hmm. manner. It negates it. It negated the complaint, and ultimately, they were asked to leave. Right. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if your complaint's legitimate if you can't deliver it in a way that is professional and, uh, you know... Not swearing. Right. (laughs) This This is especially true in the LARP scene. I could... I could not even begin to count the number of people that I have heard th- that I've known who have said, you know, I tried to tell them how bad their, how bad their game was and, and they wouldn't fix it. And instead, you know, they ended up taking it out on me and throwing me out. And you hear that and, and it's like, no, what happened was you went to them and you were kind of a jerk about it. And then they, you know, asked you to leave cause you were Being a, a jerk. You were a butthole. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> to, to tie that into something else, uh, one of the things that I saw when I was OST was that people would talk about the organization or the their local game on Facebook, and it sometimes would be very you know down on it. And to me, if you feel strongly enough to post on Facebook, hey, these people did these terrible things, or this was bad, or this was poorly run, please send feedback in a polite and official manner mm-hmm. because I'm not going to know necessarily that you feel like I run the scene poorly. Because you posted on Facebook. Right. Or I'm not going to have a good way to respond to it. So if you feel strongly enough to criticize, please do it in the manner that you're supposed to, the official manner. Right. When I was, you know, I was on the board of directors for Underground Theater. Right. Well, and and also for other Other, orgs I held big positions to. And like the, my positions were very big. Yeah. It's good your positions were. But in this day and age, especially with Facebook, um, as like when I was on the board, if somebody complained about the org on their Facebook page, there is no way for me to respond to that. No, because you either can't. it sounds like you're smushing them down, like "Oh, how dare you," or you're or you're being defensive and backpedaling, right? Because what happens is you are wading into a cesspool. What they, but that's why I'm saying that if you have legitimate complaints, please bring them forward, right? But please do it in like an official email and, and, or and something most, that's not just yelling. Most importantly, before you post the gripe on Facebook, send your official complaint mm-hmm. in the email. If I read your email first, where you are very polite and professional and you say, this is the concerns that I have, right? And then I read you post on Facebook very casual and are like, oh, I'm having all these problems with the crap in underground theater. I am still going to take your email and respond to it well and take what you said seriously and know after you addressed it to us, you're venting on your personal You just walk. got frustrated. That's different. good for you. Yeah. yeah. But if I read it on Facebook first, and then two days later you send me the constructive yeah. email, I'm going to be like, yeah, but you've already blasted us on Facebook for this stuff. So, I mean, it, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, and, and maybe you should be more professional as a person receiving it, but it's human nature to feel like, right, you're this gonna, guy's already crapping on me. Why do I care anymore? Exactly. You're going to get more mileage out of kindness. Yes. Yep. What do you feel about all these people who run scenes on Facebook for their uh, LARPs, or I assume it happens with tabletop games, too? Oh, the dangerous topic of role-playing in between games. Mm -hmm. Now, DR, one of the other things, Dystopia Rising, that they ban is role-playing between games. Right. You're only allowed to play at game. Well, you can't even turn in, like, no downtimes, no role-playing between games. They've got some fuzzy gray areas on this, but they're beside the point. That is sort of the generic generic loosey-goosey default of tabletop games, right, is that roleplay doesn't happen between sessions. This Friday ends, and next Friday we all get together, and we pick up right where we left off. Yes. Right? In a, in a Dungeons & Dragons game. Basically. Whatever you're playing. Tabletop. Whatever your tabletop game is. 
loosey-goosey, generally speaking. In fact, sometimes you pick up exactly where you left off because it was two in the morning and you were only halfway through this massive combat. Right. And you guys all just agree we're not going to touch the map. We're going to leave all the... <laughs> and all we're going to come back later. We're just going to leave all the minis out and we're just not going to touch it and we'll see you next Friday. And you come back and you pick up literally the millisecond you left off. Right. Right. So as a loosey-goosey general rule, that's kind of the thing. With tabletop, there's not a lot of, of full-on role play that happens between games. But that's not the case with a lot of large LARPs especially or or mushes well let's because mushes never end you're right it's so, so they're never it is in fact 24 7 so you've got the two ends of the spectrum the mush is always game is always on i mean you know unless the server's down or whatever but sure the mush is always on and tabletop is the other end of the spectrum which is it's typically only on just when it's on sure typically and so larp kind of falls in the middle and and it also depends, too, by the way, on whether or not the LARP is connected to other LARPs. So if it's part of an organization with, like, 50 games all over the sure. world, suddenly things like the passage of time become much more important, important. to mechanize. Yes. Right? Uh, but if it's a parlor LARP that just is an independent game, it only meets just with itself once a month, you could say there's six years between each each session. If you wanted to. And I've played in games where there was a year between each session or things like that. Or you could say that a day has passed. Or if there's two weeks between games, there's then two there's weeks. two weeks between games. So I think it's important to just kind of lay that out first. Okay. I would. I think this is usually a bigger issue in connected games. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. it has to be. Because Think, it has to be. Things have to move at the same pace for everyone. Right. And sometimes that's a problem. Because something will happen in the game that nece- necessitates... That game, the time does not move. Right, it's the same. Time. A storyteller might call for what they call a time freeze. Yeah, I've got to freeze my game because something happened that either uh, we have to figure out, we have to get permission from the people on high to resolve. Right, or for whatever reason, could and even suddenly a, it's complicated. Could be a rules call. Right, uh, but I think that the bigger issue is more people who want to continue role playing their characters like like it's a mush. Mm-hmm. And uh, for whatever reason, it seems like mushes have a better and healthier time at this. With my limited experience, Carrie's obviously the experts. But in, I, I think you're right, though. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I said that is you don't hear people talking about how I've got trapped in this 24-7 game about the mush they play in. But they say it about LARPs. They say it about LARPs. Yeah. And they say it about a variety of LARPs. Now, I've played in uh, a Bopper LARP years ago, Shattered Isles, in which we had, in theory, unlimited in between game role play. There was a message board that was literally a place where people left messages in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, you know, it was a message board in the old style uh, before we had Facebook and everything. But in the game, it was literally a wooden board where people left messages. Right. And so people would post things on there between games and talk about them. And it was fun. It was never a problem. And sometimes somebody did something really cool on there that affected the game the next time we played. Mm-hmm. But it never felt like that if I didn't look at that at all that I missed everything. I think it's about expectation. What do you, you know, mean? You go into a mush knowing this game is always on. And I might and miss something if, if I, I go to bed tonight. If I, don't, if I don't log in for a whole week, I know when I come back, stuff went on without me. Sure. And I will log in and try and catch up. But most With, LARPs are weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly. Right, and so, and there are many people... And especially want, in an org where games are happening at different times. There's always a game going it's, on somewhere. Yeah, and things are affecting everything else. Some and people so can a, travel more. Yeah, and there's right. a pressure. Um, but I also think, though, that there is this this expectation where uh, I am... I am a professional. I have a real job. I work 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, right? right. And if and you... So, and my, my night to role play is Saturday night from 7 to midnight. And that's, and when that's I all play, I get. That's when I play this LARP, right? And so, and my expectation coming into it is that it's a live action game, which means it's taking place live around me with people being action-y, right, in person. And so my expectation is that I play this LARP only add the LARP because that is the definition of what a LARP is, <laughs> right? And so so I think I only have to put my attention into this game for those six hours on Saturday night twice a month with the exception of maybe an email with my downtime. Well, and, you know, and, and otherwise another... than that, I can go to my job and not worry about it. But then there are other people who come to a LARP and, and they see opportunity to play in downtimes as well, in Facebook forums. And, Which and I have stuff. done and really enjoyed in the and past. And those things, those can, can be great. None of this is a to 
to judge. Yeah, I'm, uh, none of this is to say that those things are bad. People have a, a good time doing that. I think there's a divide, and I think it comes down to what you say is it's expectations. Right. If people that, uh, you know, especially in connected games, there's always those who have position that's above their local game, generally. Right. Yeah. And should it be a requirement that they are able to do the in-between game roleplay, or should every single th- th- part of game that really matters only happen in game. Yeah, it's a difficult divide. Think about it like this. There's a little bit of privilege here because if I can travel, if I can afford to go to a game every week in a different part of the country, as opposed to the person who cannot afford that and they can only go to the local game. You get to play more. You get more XP in theory. You get more experience, little e, just like you, your character is experiencing. Well, you, you get a reputation. You and get if you connected. cut out all online play, that guy who just has an internet connection at home, suddenly he loses access to all the other games. Right. And only the person who can drive all over the place gets access to those games. And it can be really dangerously limiting, too. Like, if you're... Uh, So to talk about Vampire the Masquerade for a second, loosely speaking, the goal of of Vampire the Masquerade is take over the city and become the the prince. I I would argue the goal is to not be murdered, (laughs) but I I think they're both related. They are related. (laughs) But in in a Vampire the Masquerade LARP, like the ultimate goal is become the prince, run the city. Right. As a player who is not able to travel at all. Or who and who has a forty-five hour work week, let's say, and can't really play online that much. Then when I come prince, what's that do to my game? Because right. I can't, I can't I, respond. Right, I'm I'm in charge of this entire city, but I can't. Do you have an obligation or right. not? I don't know. You it's know, all I, about expect. Again, it comes back to what is the expectation, and maybe the problem is that storytellers and DMs and things should be maybe laying out more more clearly what the expectation is for certain levels of play? One, one of the things I learned as OST, and it, unfortunately I learned it too late to implement it, was that I should have laid out so many things that I wanted and expected from the players early on. For example, guidelines about online play. It had those discussions as soon as possible so that people would know these are the sort of things I'm going to be looking for, and these are the sort of things I can support, right? And these are the sort of mm-hmm. things I cannot. And some of the downside to online play that that a lot of people who love online play don't get, uh, you know, they think, well, I don't understand what the problem is. I can be online 24 seven, so why can't I play 24 seven? And that's fine. But the problem, one of the downsides, is that you you can hinder the other players in the game. Like if you have a person who who can't be online except for maybe one or two days a week. Sure. They show up online and discover that, you know, all of these other players have already solved all of the plots that they, <laughs> that they got yeah. involved in. Like the game suddenly moves faster than some of its players. And, and, that's and a, a lot of times it moves faster than the staff can. You know, uh, Ooh, that's true too. As yeah. a storyteller, sometimes you blink and suddenly realize that half your staff, half your players have traveled all over the country and done all these things and they came back and they're bringing all this stuff Wooch, with them into your it, information. It, yeah, and you're like, what? I didn't even know you were gone. You yeah. know, sort of famously, there was a Nero chapter, and I don't, I don't know all the details because I didn't play Nero back then, that a player turned in a downtime action that destroyed the city. That the game took place in. Oh, no. Yeah. And so they had to send out a letter to all the players. We're not having a game this month. The city is gone. <laughs> There's nowhere to How go. How does that even happen? I, I don't know the details, but I do know that people uh, still talk about it and they still hate it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's the, crazy. It was one of those things where people were, th- you know, like this downtime thing happened. It wrecked the game and people didn't even get to play it out because... My understanding was, you know, people just like in UT and other connected games, people travel from all over the country. And the fear was that if somebody traveled, you know, uh, seven or eight hours to come to the game and they're like, oh, by the way. There's a lot of investment involved in the travel, like airfare. Yes. Maybe. The place got blown up and we don't really have anything to do this weekend or something. That's a completely different situation. And I think it's one of the reasons why... uh, Hmm. We have to think about downtime play, things that happen between games, and what's appropriate to affect your game, and talk about it. Like, if you knew that the game could be blown up between games, it's a much different situation. Maybe you add some responsibility to the game to not blow it up. 
maybe had responsibility game to not blow it up. I, I don't know the details, but obviously so I wouldn't want saying, to destroy a game. I would also say on the flip side as a storyteller is maybe you have a responsibility to not let that guy succeed in blowing your game up. Yeah. Well, I would or like, have it I, I happen at games so the players had a chance to stop him. Ooh, that's good. Delay. It, yeah. One of our listeners has those details. Please let me know. Yeah, sure. yeah, that's an interesting story. Yeah. Send an email to this and maybe we'll get a chance to read it next week. Yeah. So, uh, what else would you like to talk about? about I would like to talk about how downtimes have destroyed this podcast. (laughs) There you go. That's pretty good. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go to Game Wrap. Game Wrap. All right. Welcome to Game Wrap. So, uh, that was the end of the show. That was the end of the show. We're, the end. So as is tradition, we now list all the places we can be found at for the people who skipped the first section. Places like honorrollpodcast.com or iTunes, Stitcher, and other places where your uh, podcasts are housed. Oh, That's oh, right. oh, what about Twitter? Oh, we can be found on Twitter at honorrollpodcast. Oh. Uh, what about facebook.com slash group slash honorrollpodcast? I, no. But no, people can't be found there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can. I wish people could send us emails. Emails at hosts. H-O-S-T-S at honorrollpodcast.com. Oh, wow. What's our Patreon? Patreon.com slash honorrollpodcast. Oh. All right. Well, let's go ahead and give out XP to folks. Yeah. So, um, Jason, you get 10 XP for attendance. 10 XP for attendance. That's great. You made a face like you weren't pleased with that, though. Well, it's weird because you've been giving six for attendance. And it's not in your nature to give more XP. I just really thought that you deserved four more. I did attend more than normal. It's true. That's <laughs> true. Uh, and I, and then you get four XP for only playing for like the last hour at uh, the werewolf game last night. And still solving all the city's problems. Or Friday night, I guess. Yeah. No, well, what I liked about it was that I only had to put up with your shit for a couple of hours. Right. As the, opposed to the whole night. And so for that, I'd like to reward you. The and, disadvantage was I didn't have enough time to yell for extra XP. Well, that's I covered you for that. <laughs> I heard I that. I did hear that. That is true. And speaking yeah. speaking of yelling for XP, Carrie, uh, you also get uh, 10 XP for attendance. Wait a minute. We got the same amount? All right. Well, uh, anyway, so there's that. <laughs> what? I just got attendance. That was it? That was it. <laughs> you suck. Hey, hey, we're already over time. Keep going. <laughs> just keep going. Okay, so what's our topic next week, Ryan? Oh, well, people at home can join us next week when our topic is the brand new supplement coming out from Wizards of the Coast for Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, which is called The Library. Where you have to do research. <laughs> oh, no. So, like some downtimes, that was pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, remember uh, the only way to win at a role playing game is to have fun. No, I want to role play in a library. No. <laughs> Can I be the NPC? I've been practicing. Are you ready? Yeah. I think you're that ghost from Ghostbusters, the librarian. What was she called? The librarian. The librarian, that's right. <laughs> Oh my gosh. To have fun. All of the thoughts and opinions that were on this podcast belong to just those folks who were on this podcast and to nobody else. All of the music was courtesy of Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. episode we've ever it is it is (laughs) we're kind of rambling peanut gallery really bad